Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Food for Thought. As always, this is your host, Jonathan Coots, and today I have a very special episode for multiple reasons. The first is because I have an amazing guest, the one and only J.C. Alzamora, and we have a great conversation. But secondly, I would like to announce that this episode is brought to you by the Food for Thought Roastery. If you guys have enjoyed listening to the podcast, then you will enjoy it even more drinking the official coffee of the Food for Thought podcast. This is coffee that I roast myself. I buy the beans and roast them myself. If you guys want to pick up a bag of one pound, uh, it's a one pound bag of coffee beans, you can get it at the food for thought roastery dot square dot site, um, but I will have the link to that website in the description of the episode, um, and you guys can order the food for thought coffee. Uh, I have a dark roast and a light roast, and I think that you guys will really enjoy it because it is quite tasty. So, without further ado, let's get into the episode today. How are you? How are you, my man? I am doing good. Thank you very much for coming on my podcast. I really appreciate it. It's always nice to see you. Uh, that's It's great to be here, and it's a perfect place to talk out here. Yeah, sitting out on the back porch under the umbrella. It's a nice place to be. So, JC, why don't, before we start, why don't you tell folks uh, a little bit about yourself, what you do, where you've come from. Okay. Um, well, uh, um, myself and my family, mm-hmm. we're originally from Venezuela and, um, we've been American citizens lived here for a long time, went to school here, lived in Canada for eight years. So I, I've been, I'm a U.S. citizen now for several years now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I am a minister, but I never went to seminary. I graduated from business school. Uh, at Oglethorpe University in Atlanta. And so, but from there, I launched into ministry and traveled near to 50 nations. Wow. And um, of those 50, what's your favorite place you've been? Uh, well, that's a good question because I travel a lot relationally. Mm-hmm. So, it really, a place for me has less to do with what's in the place and more to do with the r- people there. The people there. Okay. And, you know, it's like God has. Favorites, many favorites, all at once. Everybody's a favorite. Mm-hmm. And to me, you know, their relationships, obviously you have deeper relationships with others as you over the years. Mm-hmm. But that has more to do with how I go, where I go, and and even when I'm going to this day, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. so you came from Venezuela, yeah. and you went to business school. And then how did you become a minister? Oh, um, well... I had a really, uh, I don't know what depths you want me to go into this, but I had a real, a very powerful or life-changing encounter mm-hmm. uh, in a house church full of college students. 
where literally I went from knowing about religion to meeting Jesus in a way that he profoundly touched me, broke mm -hmm. addictions off of me. Mm -hmm. I mean, just altered my life. Mm -hmm. And uh, after I finished college and I worked in the business world, I worked in oil industry and mm. na international trading companies mm -hmm. and um, uh, yet there was an obvious uh, vocational call on me to minister the gospel. And because I had an international background, mm -hmm. uh, it, it just began to spawn first to the U.S., then took my first trip to Europe, 1993, and then pretty much began to travel there regularly for almost 30 years now. Um, to the point where there were season, there were years where I was there six months a year, mm -hmm. um, in different times, you know, throughout, and um, yeah. So uh, encounters with God, yeah, uh, more than classes at seminar, mm -hmm. really marked. Not to say I didn't go to classes or. Yeah, or supplementarily conferences and afterwards. supplementary, and obviously all of it is complementary because it adds mm -hmm. to who you are. With, but the person is the message, mm -hmm. not the school or the books. And I find Jesus said, if everything Jesus did would have been written, there was not enough books to go around. Yeah. So I'm not at all comparing myself to that standard, mm -hmm. but I could. I have so many stories of I what has happened. That, that that's the case for me. That has been my learning process for sure. I think it's very much an American idea that to be a minister or a pastor, you have to go to seminary school because everything, well, you have to go to school for that, for everything now. Right. And I think it, um, there's a story my Uncle Randy always tells. I don't know if it's true or not. It's Who knows with my Uncle Randy. But he always told uh, this story that I think is more a, a myth of, these group of people that lived on an island and these uh, traveling monks came by boat to this island and told these people about God and about Jesus and about uh, the Bible and they gave them Bible and they did all these things, gave them all these commandments, taught them catechism and stuff like that and then left. And then um, and the people on this island, they had a question and they couldn't remember the answer. So as the people were sailing away, they ran across the water and got onto the boat. Without a boat, they just walked across the water like Jesus did. And they asked him this question about the catechism. And then the monks or the, the, the priests were like, well, you need to teach us everything that you just did. I, I don't know how to do that. And they were like, well, I just did what you told me to do in the Bible. It was just in the Bible. And so that's what we did. We just walked on the water because that's what Jesus did. And we're called to be like Jesus and and I think it's a neat story because it's it's something that you would hear like a parable. That's a a story that has a deeper meaning behind it. That's simply just have faith, and yeah, that's, that's what people need more than a school and a class. Because to me, at least it seems to me, when you demystify certain things, you lose a certain reverence for them. That's so true. And and you know, in my world. Many times is um, uh, we have a saying 
that um, we're building schools while while underdeveloped nations are raising the dead. Yeah. So, uh, which is true, but it does not mean that they might not need mm-hmm. some of the input from Western societies. Yeah. Uh, but there's no doubt mm-hmm. that Western societies need the input of the Eastern Southern uh, worlds uh, yeah. to just invade our everyday cultures uh, from everything from the way we learn, the way we convey our message, mm-hmm. the way that we um, speak about Jesus without being religious, yeah, and all those things, you know. Yeah, I think uh, down when we were down in Guatemala, the people just have. When I went to Guatemala, it was last year now, we had a, a phenomenal guide who was our guide because he, he lives in both. He has dual citizenship, so he's married a, a Guatemalan. And so he's got like a business that he runs up here. Every once in a while, he'll come up and work like six months construction because he's an amazing carpenter. And then he'll make money and go back down. But uh, he lives more in Guatemala now because he's beginning like a ministry down there. But he's a phenomenal linguist and translator, so he was kind of our guide down there. And he would make sure that, like, every day at the build site at the end of the day, we'd get all the villagers, all the people in this little town, and we'd sit in a big circle, and we'd just tell stories about what God did for us. And it was amazing, like, the things that they would attribute to God because they have this amount of faith for, like, seeing God work, that things that us Americans and and many people in the Western would just never attribute to God's blessing and, and God's mercy and grace in our lives. That It's all him. And so the, the level of faith that they have to see things done is just amazing because they don't have modern medicine. They don't have right. a lot of the features that we have. So we've begun to demystify a lot of things and explain it away with other things instead of providence from God. Well, I mean, naturally supernatural, you know. Mm-hmm. Because we have so many um, safety nets in our societies. Mm-hmm. And we pay taxes for all this, you know. Mm-hmm. But we have a lot of safety nets, uh, insurances. And you buy insurance for the eventuality, not because you're going to do it. Yeah. But when you have none of that uh, and you have no other choice but to learn to live from another world. Mm-hmm. You, be- you begin to live from the place where everything was created. Yeah. The invisible places where God releases miracles, where it doesn't make logical sense. Mm-hmm. It's not an intellectual ascent. It's not something that you can cognitively figure out. Yeah. You're supposed to not lean on your own understanding anyways. In all our ways acknowledge you know? him. And in so in so doing... You begin to live not by, by faith, not by sight. And so the things that you don't have pale in comparison to the hugeness of the God you do have. Mm-hmm. And as he gets bigger, he becomes more influential in your everyday lives. That can happen here in the West, and it certainly happens in those cultures and in those contexts where you see a lot of miracles. And people here complain all the time. Why don't we just see? Why don't we see these things here? Mm-hmm. You know, well, because you don't need them. Yeah, 
you you need them and you don't need them. You need them because you need to not be, um, you know, rooted in the ability of man because that is limited. Mm-hmm. You need to have your roots by the river brook, someone, mm-hmm. so that from the this world where God is, your tree is watered, nurtured, your leaf doesn't wither you bear your fruit in your season and and you bend but not break in the middle of storms yeah and and i think um yeah the 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 tension in the right now we live in is we're discovering the really invisible aspect it says in romans 1 that we know through god's invisible invisible attributes through nature, we discover God's invisible attributes. They're evident, yeah. but we can't see them. But we were talking about today, right, like, like gravity. Mm-hmm. You don't see it, but I guarantee you, if you jump off a roof. You're going to find out about you're it. You're going to yeah. find out that it's a, it's a thing. Yeah. And so, yeah, so that's, that's the tension. We, we are to live not from the eyes of our mind, but the eyes of our spirit, our heart. How... How do you communicate that to somebody? Well, from the vantage point of creativity or creative people or even business ideas or innovation, um, every idea is on the invisible realm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't necessarily capture your mind first, but normally it's a picture. It's a correct use of imagination. I like that, a correct use of imagination. uh, From the vantage point of being a believer, Mm -hmm. okay? But even if you're not, but from the vantage point of being a believer, God gave us an imagination. Mm -hmm. We were created in his image. That means that he imagined us before he made us. Yeah. And we are to behold them as in a mirror, and we're changed into his imagination of us how he mm-hmm. imagined we're changing into his image going glory to glory so the progression of his divine thing he already pre saw in us before the foundation of mm-hmm. the earth before anything was formed so from the vantage point of the natural the or the practical let's just be pragmatic mm-hmm. you're in a biz you're you're striving to be an entrepreneur or you want to create a song a poem a pink picture you see it and as you you have an idea, it's like Kleenex. You take one out, and then the rest start coming out. You know, mm-hmm. and you begin to to it begins to be like a folk a lens on a camera or a f- or a, mm-hmm. a or a, a you know a video camera or a f- picture yeah. camera where you begin to zoom in and clarify and clarify what it is that you're creating the details. So you can be an impressionist painter mm-hmm. that you have a. V- a figure, but it's it's done in it's more abstract in yep. fragments. So so it's a, an abstraction. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Or you can be, um, uh, you know, a, a maestro where you will paint true visuals like a Rembrandt, where he mm-hmm. was th- his detail on, on people and things yeah. was so accurate uh, that it's um it's their 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 at their time it was like their photograph of their day yeah portraits and so um so a business idea a creative solution a medical breakthrough Mm -hmm. um even chemical reactions that happen 
through catalysts, some catalytic thing that you you contribute to a, a unresolved dilemma that comes from an unseen realm that something strikes you and you see. Mm-hmm. So the unseen gets trans goes through the filter onto the scene. That's the way that God created the heavens and the earth. Hebrews 11, 3. Mm-hmm. From the unseen, we understand that God created the heavens and the earth, the unseen to the seen. And so I've always thought this, Jay. How on earth did God create the sun first and then the sun the fourth day? Mm-hmm. So what was it that he was giving us as a creature in our universe, because we derive every source of energy and light from the sun, mm-hmm. right? And and it's obviously directly and indirectly. Uh, and yet he releases this these waves unendingly. Mm-hmm. The first day he creates the wave of light, he also creates the wave of sound. Because it's a lower frequency included in it. Yeah. So music is created the same day that light is created. Mm-hmm. But it's all potential. Not he didn't he there was nothing else. Everything else was in disarray. So he he releases this potential energy mm-hmm. that that is how you contrast power versus no power. It's fullness yeah. of power, and yet undetected power. So here you are, your imagination is fullness of the thing you want to see. We see the creation of a cure for cancer, but the contrast is we see cancer. That gap is the created spectrum. Hmm. It's the invisible made visible. You could do it through scientific tests and, and uh, you know, um, trial and error and everything they're doing in cancer research. Or what if it's a divine... Aha, dark turned to light, and you didn't go to school for that. So the, so you said it well. In Western society, they only are going to champion whatever comes of textbooks, whatever comes from an empirical education. Yep. But this kind of, of illumination or, or moments of... Of, of of tremendous breakthrough mm-hmm. may not even be from a person that went into any of those disciplines it, yeah. but it was enough a thing they saw and they were able to materialize it in the natural yeah i think it's interesting how we in modern cultures have managed to separate the supernatural from everything else so if you look back even <coughs> Excuse me. Not that the Greeks had it right, but they had certain aspects of things right because even if you looked at their scientists and their their mathematicians and and their creatives and all these people that would exercise imagination, they all said that they drew it from the muse, which was a supernatural giver of creativity and inspiration. And it's been like that in almost every culture they celebrated or worshiped this this thing that gave them a divine inspiration and a a creative power and
mower it. He chose the perfect time to mow his lawn. Um, but anyways, this this creature or this this being that would give a divine inspiration, and we've removed everything that was like that. Every kind of overlapping of oh well, I mean people now are talking about once again church and state because of the overturning of Roe versus Wade has made a lot of people very upset, and that topic has come up again in trying to separate everything from the supernatural. Nothing is, it's either all supernatural or all man-made scientific, and that people want zero overlap of that whatsoever. And I think it's, it's much to our detriment because it, well, firstly, it just makes people prideful because when they're taking all of the credit for their creative endeavors, it kind of just becomes a self-obsession. But uh, why do you think that there's such a desire for the division of the supernatural when it's been in our cultures for thousands of years? Well, um, that's an excellent question. Uh, I don't think people really believe that God's practical. But you look at all... You can... Most people spend their life making an intellectual pursuit of proving that everything that can only be proven by supernatural means to give it a natural reason why it exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, are we a closed circuit? Because, uh, you know, can this survive without external help? Well, no. H- could it be ordered? I mean, it's so counterintuitive, Jay. Mm-hmm. The human body, it's really a cloud of atoms. And it really shouldn't even be held together. Yeah. It's a total ab- abnormality to the normal scientific process of what we know about science. Mm-hmm. And the, cure, the answer to much of that is, well, in the time spans, if millions of years created certain... But see, that takes a lot more faith than just trusting. Yeah. That there was a supernatural, higher power, higher energy source, and benevolent goodness Mm -hmm. that caused things to be uh, life and Mm life-giving. So I think a lot of it is uh, the pride of man, Mm -hmm. not being able to acknowledge the blindness of man, not be able to see beyond what's palpable with the five senses or perceived by natural means. Uh, the, I meant the pride of man because if you can't see it or explain it or solve it in your mind, then it might not be, you can't, it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. If it's not perceived, if I can't prove it to you in the seeing world, yeah. uh, then it's not real. Well, absolutely not true. And we... We have proven that to be false over and over again, where unseen things affect us totally. Now, think of COVID. Nobody saw it. Yeah. But yet everybody ran to their house. So did it affect you or didn't it? Yeah. So my point, and, and even I was in Europe one time, and they had a plume from a volcanic volcanic uh, eruption in Iceland. Oh, and so uh, it was a very thin plume, but ash in the airs will get into the engines that are flying and cause the engines to malfunction and crash. Mm-hmm. So 
only a few people saw the plume. Yeah. And there was definitely a logical explanation, but nobody could see the ash that could take down the airplane. So everybody was complaining. Oh, come on. How can I can't catch my flight? Well, you didn't see what was there to be seen because it was not at a spectrum level that you could see it. Mm -hmm. Well, thousands of miles, billions of dollars of loss later, I flew by Iceland. Mm-hmm around up to Greenland to go all the way around and loop around back to the U.S. Yeah. Um, and I saw the little plume, I mean, a little smokestack mm-hmm. in, in Iceland that the pilot on the, on the airplane I was going pointed out to us Yeah. Uh, as I was flying out of England um, or the U.K. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, see, those kind of things... Uh, it's a natural and an invisible and an invisible. Mm-hmm. So it happens in our everyday life. Most of our innovation has come as a result of seeing something mostly by chance. Some was repetitive empirical experiments. Mm-hmm. And uh, your brother does some of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the end of the day, we stumble into the will of God more than we even know. Yeah. And uh, you realize how many lessons you've learned that you had no book knowledge for, no practical experience for, yeah, no counsel or mentoring or coaching for it, but you learned it, not through trial and error, but you saw something all of a sudden yep. you had not seen before. Yeah. And, and the last thing I'll say about you know, when you're not – when you want to buy a car, right, mm-hmm. every car looks the same. I mean, they got wheels. They got a steering wheel. They got four wheels. They take you from point A to point B. Yep. But when you finally discover one that you want, you see those everywhere. Yeah. So yeah. once you see, you cannot see. So you enter into portals of the invisible world that once you see that portal and that invisible reality – and that thread that cuts across various vacuums and forums and things that you have gleaned or thought about, and you realize, my gosh, there was al- always an underlying thing that was not seen but yet was true. Yeah. That divided facts from truth. Yeah. It's kind of like that moment when, you, when you're at this place and you look back and you just see, like, providence that just happens and something that you never could have orchestrated or never could have seen as happening. But when you look back and realize, like, oh, all of that had to happen so that I could that I could get here. And I think people take those kind of moments for granted or, or ignore them completely because they take very fatalistic views of the world. And yes, people... There's there's a spectrum of people who think that everything is up to chance or everything is is determined, but I fi- I find that people are usually on one extreme or another, and I think it it balances somewhere in the middle because God gave us free will to decide and to choose our paths, but then He also knows everything, and it's 
for me personally, I don't spend much time thinking about how true or how on one side or the other that is because I don't, I can't see what can be gained by that, by deciding that, oh, everything is up to me or absolutely nothing is up to me. And I find the most beneficial thing is to do what is in front of me to do to the best of my abilities oh. is on to the Lord. That's excellently said. I mean, what do you what do you think about when you're taking a shower? The drops of water that are taking the soap off mm-hmm. or the drops that are not even hitting you? Yeah. So w- what is more? <laughs> what is That's a great point. That's that a great what are the ones that you're focusing on? So yeah. thi- this is, th- you're absolutely right in that, okay, so uh, think about hope. Hope is like a, Hebrews 11.1 1 again, uh, Hebrews 11.1. 1, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the mm-hmm. conviction of things not seen. All right? So here's the invisible world again. And hope is the painting. And no, faith is the painting. And mm-hmm. hope is the canvas. Yeah. White canvas. So what image do you have in your heart that you're painting on? Mm-hmm. We all have images. Images of our experience, past bad situations, drama, education, family realities, things you saw, things you read, things you studied. All that paints a picture. Now, God says, I want to give you my hope. Because Mm -hmm. when he told Abraham, right, the story of Abraham, when Mm -hmm. he told him, I'm going to make you, uh, uh, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. Yep. Uh, He told him that. But then to reinforce the point, he didn't, give him more instruction verbally or even however he perceived God. Yeah. He took him out and showed him a picture. Yeah. Look at the stars, Abraham. Mm-hmm. So numerous as they are, so mm-hmm. shall your descendants be. Okay, there's trillions of stars. Certainly he's not saying there'll be trillions of people. Is he? Maybe. Is that literal or is that a metaphor? Mm-hmm. We'll find out someday. Point is... The picture told a thousand words. Yeah. So here's hope in your heart, Jay. The hope, he wants to give you a word to give you a hope and a future. You know, that's what God wants to do, Jeremiah Mm -hmm. says. So here's your blank picture inside your heart. What are you going to color in there? You can color the negative. and, And this is what Abraham thought. Romans 4, hope against four, mm-hmm. hope against hope. He believes still. My body's dead. You know, everything about me is dry. And yet I fight hope against hope that I'm going to get an heir. Yeah. And if I get one, Hebrews 11 said he was so fully convinced that even if he God killed him by him offering up Isaac, yeah, God was able to raise him from the dead. Without any president, his imagination took him. Well, he gave it. He he took he took takes it. He gives it back. Yep. He promised. So here is hope in your heart, Jay. All the goodness of God, both for you, your family, your future family, mm-hmm. regions, nations, cities, world, and God. And then you begin to believe for this. Yeah. So I have s- taken, according to the word of God, I began to meditate. Mm-hmm. And allow my imagination to take me without restraints, Jesus being the cornerstone. 
Yeah. And I've seen the world. I've seen the globe. I'll give you one example. Yeah. I saw the globe with all these cracks in its foundations and cracks that in the plates and cracks that produce all kinds of weather situations, earthquakes and all. I saw all of that, and I saw God baptize the earth with honey mm. and that it would fill every, it was filling every crack and healing every plate and healing everything to the complete form and perfection. And, and I heard his voice within this, whatever it was that I was in, mm-hmm. uh, vision, let's just say. Uh, I heard, I would hear the Lord say, I'm sweetening my creation. Mm. You know, I'm making every place sweet. Yeah. So here, here. so what I- is that real? Well, God, it's his. The earth is the Lord's. Mm-hmm. He's desired to do thereof. good to all mankind, to all his creation. Yeah. Not that none should perish. He wishes that none would. So, he, so here is all the. So, whatever picture you carry inside, Jay, the law of attraction, which attracts to whatever you're believing, whatever picture you have within your hope, faith will fill it. Mm-hmm. Negative hope, negative faith. Positive hope, according to the living word, because it's a person, right? Mm-hmm. The logos, yep. the living. Positive, you would begin to attract the goodness of God yeah. and the plans of God and the blessing and the favor and the relationships and the open doors. All of that begins to happen because your internal picture is sending up waves and sounds that attract things to the very thing that you are first mm. imagining in the invisible and then projecting out until it becomes visible on the natural spectrum. And this is the way w- faith works. And uh, But it comes, it emanates from God. Yeah. Because every source is God. But it is according to your imagination. Where are your thoughts? Where is your visual? Where, is y- where are the eyes of your heart pointing as cannons? Mm-hmm. That determines the reality you live and the influence you'll have in your earth span. I like the, I don't know, I probably should know this, but when it says in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God, you said it was logos. Is that an actual translation of what that word was? Yeah. It logos, is actually logos. Where we get the word logic. Yeah. So that's what think I was about this. Bring up. In order to be logic or even dialogue, mm-hmm. log logos, mm-hmm. There necessitates several voices. Mm-hmm. So even though Jesus is the logos, mm-hmm. right? He's always there as triune. Mm-hmm. Or he's always there in the Godhead fills him. Yeah. That's what he says in, in Colossians 2, 8, that the fullness of God dwells in him. Mm-hmm. 9, 10, you know? So... The deity is there. So here is God dialoguing about the goodness th- and the love that w- they want to give you. Yeah. So here's the spirit hovering, Genesis 1. Here's the logos abiding, you know, mm-hmm. waiting for the Father to speak and w- and voice activate. Yeah. 
In other words, send that higher frequency of sound mm -hmm. that will release the light, which is a frequency of as it is. Mm -hmm. So here are and and the spirit is the let's just say the the paintbrush in the hand. Mm -hmm. You know the colors, the schemes create. Yeah. God, this try because the word is from him to him and for him are all things created. Through Christ, you know, mm -hmm. I, and you we know God's the Creator, the Father, and we know the Spirit was there hovering. So the triune, this Elohim, yeah, the beginning, God, this multiple form God, mm -hmm. was there from the beginning creating. There's not any difference of that now. Second Corinthians four, the same God who spoke, "Let there be light," dwells in you. Yeah. That's the whole teaching of the New Testament. So here we are, 2,000 years later. People are in love with the historical Jesus, Jay. They are. But Christ within us, we negate. And the whole so purpose true. of Jesus coming was for him to dwell in us and co-create with us the fullness of things he wrote about us before the foundation. Isn't that yeah. amazing? It is. I think... Once again, I think that goes back to the fact that people try to separate the supernatural from the reality. Yeah. And I I think it's an interesting word, the supernatural, because it it has the word natural in it, too, and it's kind of just an addition, to. So right. it works as both. It is above the natural, but it has to incorporate the natural into it in some way and i yes. think words are very very important and i i talk about that a lot the importance of words and why certain words are used and i think that's why i like so much the word logos when it talks about jesus because there's another thing that people tend to do where they tend to say that oh well science disproves god but when the literal word for jesus is logos is logic is it not possible that Jesus, logic, that God, the creator, created a logical world, that yeah. one that would make sense in a in a con in any kind of context, and people yeah. just disregard that in its entirety. That's Jay, you hit it on the first of all, I disagree with the premise that science disproves God. Well, yeah. Uh, but um, but even with respect to words some people would take issue of comparing the natural and then saying that the opposite is supernatural. No, mm -hmm. the oppo opposite of natural is spiritual. Yeah. So if you look at it as spiritual, it's another dimension, Jay. It's mm -hmm. not an added on to. Mm -hmm. It's another di dimension. So in other words, it's you're a new creation in another world. Yeah. So here's Marvel creating in their imagination a multiverse. Yeah. So here is God saying, no, the heavens are multiple layers of realms and dimensions. Ephesians 3 talks about the love of God being poured out onto us in multiple dimensions beyond our understanding, it says. Mm -hmm. Multiple dimensions, bro. Ages to come. In other words, there are layers upon layers of infinity. Yeah. Uh, like even infinity in math, you know, when you try to get one point to touch another point, Math knows enough to say you never quite touch it. There's an infinity variable, 
yeah. variant yep. inside. So as, no matter how close you get, there's still another little space you Infantis can get in. Infantismality. Right. Yep. So, so here they are acknowledging that we're not solid. We're a cloud of atoms mm-hmm. that kind of are held together. How are we held together? No explanation scientifically except for Hebrews saying, I hold all things together by the word of my power. By the logos of my power. Mm-hmm. So by the rhema of my power, I have decided in my almightiness to have a J here looking like this. And mm-hmm. I make no mistakes. Mm-hmm. I designed you like I imagined you. Yeah, You're now in discovery mode of the wonder of who you are eternally. Mm-hmm. It'll take them all eternity. Imagine Ephesians 2 to show forth his kindness and goodness to you. All eternity, Jay, will never have the same day. Yeah. In fact, eternity is no time at all. There's no day or night. There's mm-hmm. just there's just reality with. And and so I think I think when you think of the l- the dimensions, you closing your eyes, you being able to be at his with him implies you're at the right hand with him. He's invited you there. You're in him. He's in you. It's like this, this like, remember the steamships on the river in Mississippi? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huckleberry Finn. Like water mm-hmm. is the one that pours out yeah. and produces steam. And, and so it's self-moving mm-hmm. or self-propelled. Yeah. By feet. That's just a love gives unto love. Life gives unto life. Mm-hmm. See that the... the the Godhead didn't need the universe to be self-sustaining, mm-hmm. to be sustained. They were self-sustaining, and they they loved. And because they were love, they needed to share it. They needed yeah. to m- pour it out and give it form and shape and and full of joy, full of life, full of goodness. Mm-hmm. That's and it's nothing's changed. Mm-hmm. We see conflict because we resist our makeup. Because we resist change, you you're saying that we want we love our little our little leaf mm-hmm. as warms, yep. in our little tree because it's comfortable, predictable, controllable, and we know we won't die. I think die. it's uh, you were talking about a little bit. You kind of mentioned it on risk when they're talking about COVID and yeah. the smoke plume, and people's tolerance for risk is so no. slow. It's yeah. so small. It's so little. And love, I think, innately requires risk because it requires you to give a part of yourself to something else. And that's why the Godhead needed to create the world because they are love and they had love and they wanted to share love. Because when you have a real love, you want to give it. When you have a real joy, you want somebody else to experience it. Oh, so but when good. you do that, you have to give a part of yourself, and that requires a substantial amount of risk. Uh, it requires absolutely. a substantial amount of risk. And I think... I think the same thing applies to imagination and what we were talking about before. The act of creativity is a part, a vision that you have of yourself and for yourself that you're writing down as a story or painting as a picture. And it's a risk, right? And it's a risk because it's a part of you that you are sharing to somebody else. Right. And people have such a low tolerance for risk for some reason. That's such a good point because, and think about our, okay, so our context here, I mean, we're sitting in your backyard, mm-hmm. the beautiful afternoon in the summer. Yep. We got a swimming pool in front of us. Mm-hmm. What's our risk factor here? <laughs> Very little. Very, Very little. little. So imagine you doing this podcast 
in Israel. Yeah, much higher. Because you have missiles that may come any time, yep. or you're in the Ukraine where there's a ceasefire, or you're in a place where it doesn't have, there are wild beasts around us. Mm-hmm. So the risk... Only wild beast here is my dog. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Very wild. So think about, think about your risk factor when there are uncontrolled elements that, that can hurt you, mm-hmm. that can eliminate or or you snuff out your dream that that you're not playing with linear variants yeah you can't invest cuz you have no safety in the return on your investment mm-hmm. unless you're fraudulent you know yeah um so risk has a context so you take people that risk living in situations what we were talking before where they have no safety nets. Yeah. Where they must believe God. They risk believing God can raise someone from the dead, could heal somebody, could could supply in the midst of arid land or in the midst of famine. Right? Mm-hmm. And um, because their context is different than ours. We hop in our car and we go to the QT or we go to... Yeah, right go here. Go to a store, get everything that we need. Store, anything you need, twenty four seven, or mm-hmm. you know, you order stuff from, and and may people are you know the naysayers are all that's coming to an end. Well, maybe it's been coming to an end for a long time for many of these guys. Yeah, people have been saying that forever. But let's just say it has. Did God ever let His people starve? Nope. I mean, let manna so fall from the sky. Right, manna from the, the sky. Camps. I have yet to see David wrote. I think it's Psalm thirty four. That you know, young man, uh, the young lion, have yet to see the righteous lack for bread, mm-hmm. except when they do very stupid things. Yeah, you know. Yep. And so I think you're right, man. The, the unwillingness to take a risk, mm-hmm. the unwilling, and and in the in the world I'm in, mm-hmm. where I'm exploring, when I call people to meditate and release their imagination or fill themselves because eastern meditation is empty yourself yeah so so christian meditation is transform your mind by beholding him mm-hmm. as and uh, you know beholding uh, uh, his beauty yeah his realms his attributes his his word right mm-hmm. so this becoming life unto you mm-hmm. and from there launching into this like like think of a video inside the word that begins to launch beyond the word into the infinity into the eternal of God. Yeah. Jesus at the epicenter of your imagination, mm-hmm. daring to explore without fear of being called a heretic, fear of being scolded because mm-hmm. you went too far. Checking the things that you see, this is why you need community. It safeguards you. Yeah. Not because they're all thinking alike, because they maintain an equilibrium to your earthly yeah. needs and balance. But they also hold different views. And like which checks and balance. Which yeah, it's exactly. Checks and balances so people can go off one end or the other. And the the church, the congregation, as the psalm calls them, the Council of Wise Elders, which is the beginning of wisdom in some versions, but obviously right. that's fear of the Lord. But it, it kind of keeps you, I mean, Christ says, forsake not the assembly of the brothers. And 
it I think it helps your imagination grow in the directions that it should grow because people can check your ideas and and check yeah what you want to do and so and I, and I would encourage you because you're an exceptional man <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna call you a young man I'm gonna call That's you a man um, that and actually you're Diana and I were talking about this where you have s- you're not afraid to explore other sources that are different than the one you grew up with because you need to learn how to eat the meat and spit out the bones. Mm-hmm. But I'll give you another mini vision I had. So mm-hmm. I fell in this pool of water in this whatever vision I had, and I kept on trying to look where the bubbles were going up yeah. so I could breathe. Mm-hmm. And that's the way they teach you when you get mm-hmm. disoriented inside water. And then I hear a voice in me say, son, it doesn't matter which way you swim, I am there. Mm. I said, and just breathe. Because who told you you couldn't breathe out in the water? You know, and, and he said, mm. who t- so in my imagination, I was really forming the reality in me that the physical world is a construct that we live in, but we won't. That is not our home. Yeah. That in 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 whatever other realm, there are realms where I can breathe underwater. Actually, I had another. I'll tell you some of my mm-hmm. experiences. Thanks. But I had another encounter where I s- I had the fo- I was with the Father, laughing on the throne. Jesus is sitting like on the water in there with me. The Spirit is dancing in the form of dolphins, doing all kinds of amazing, graceful movements. And here I am in the water with the triune God in this beautiful, what I think it was a river. And I'm then I, I'm here and just try it. Try. So I'm I'm trying to copy the move, splash, splatting mm-hmm. down on the water, like like splat, like on my chest, on my back, mm-hmm. missing the. And the father's hilariously laughing. But they were not laughing at me. They loved the fact that I was trying, that I was exploring, that I was risking. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, in one of those, I did a move that was similar to one. They went crazy with with just celebration. Mm -hmm. And that was my... I realized that the trying was more what they were after. They knew that perfection wasn't the goal. But they would lead me into all of it. Mm-hmm. But the trying, the getting out of my my fat behind out of the water to try to emulate that, and the f- the, sp- the dolphin would smile at me as he saw me trying to replicate it. Mm-hmm. It was like only visions and dreams and imagination can do this, right? Mm-hmm. I don't even know how it hit. I wasn't even thinking of water. Do- I barely think yeah. of dolphins. Um, but it's but it was it it's, it just goes to show. That risking, like when you get input, who's to tell you you're wrong? Yeah. You have an anointing inside of you. You don't need a teacher. So I'm not saying that we'll ever be away from community and the Mm -hmm. checks and balances of that. I'm not saying that. Because the jungle leads to isolated, and that's clear. Mm -hmm. And you're right. We're not to forsake the assembly. Uh, But the assembly is there as a family, not just to safeguard your truthfulness, that's how cults are formed. Yeah, they're there to keep you in the family, to protect you, 
And yet to speak into your dreams and desire. I don't want to quench your dream, but have you thought about yeah. this? Yeah. It's a d so as you're growing in and all of this, because this is fairly cool what you're doing and what you're, I've heard your plans and some of you, I, I really want to encourage you to amplify. Amplify because the waves that will motivate you will become catalytic to your progress. Mm-hmm most probably comes from different sources than the ones you were born with. Mm -hmm. Because you are connected to the eternal one and there is no separation between you and let's just say some some Mongolian dude that vibrates with the same vibrations you do and don't mm -hmm. even never met each other. Yeah, And yet when he speaks in whatever dialect, your spirit drinks off of this and causes some kind of reaction and i'm thinking in this term some kind of reaction that leads you mm -hmm. so people hear me talk about this stuff and they say well you're going crazy now you have going you crazy. have no but i'm telling you the things that are happening and the way that my wife and i and family is praying and the things that are beginning to happen as a result of our different approach to this whole thing are starting to bear the fruit up like mm -hmm. i barely think about my weaknesses or let's just call it like sins and falling short i magnify god and he irons out my wrinkles mm -hmm. i'm not maximizing sin management you know trying to get rid of my spots i'm making god well that puts so the focus on something that's entirely wrong totally it puts the like uh when at our youth camp we had timothy darnell tim jr yeah. come and he was sharing and he was talking about Miracles and healings. Totally. And Tim and, and I, we've had great mm -hmm. conversations. And by the way, he mentioned you, and the whole crowd went crazy. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know if you guys know JC, but JC was one of my people, and we all just we all just went crazy. Oh, yeah, because so Tim and I. You're, you're now famous <laughs> among all the youth kids. <laughs> Your so kids are amazing. But Tim, are. Uh, just a little side note, Tim had some very peculiar encounters with mm -hmm. God. Yeah, he told us something. From, from the, again, the invisible creating the visible. Because mm -hmm. God's very pragmatic. In other words, mm -hmm. he's very practical. He doesn't want to just is. give you, uh, show you an angel so you can take a selfie with him. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Yeah. <laughs> he wants to use those things to, re to show forth through you his goodness, materialize mm -hmm. it. Okay, so Tim had some amazing things. So when we had a conversation and we shared about, oh, man, you can't, this is what happened to me. And this is what happened to me. Th so it was like boom, boom, boom. It was like birds of a feather. Mm -hmm. So even as I introduced some of the thoughts I had about this album, I mean, they're blowing up in Texas State yeah, because of are. some of the things that we mixed and matched. But I was so encouraged to see him as a young man but uh, again i don't want to say that because he's a man of god he's married with a kid for mm -hmm. i think too he's coming too now too soon um that um just uh just filled my heart with joy mm -hmm. to know there are mystics among us that are producing on the earth realm mm -hmm. they're like your dad and i put it their nerd ideas in their hearts are becoming visible yeah, well, one of the things that I find interesting is, well, two things. Well, what did the Tim point say I was before you? The I point I was, yeah, the point I was going to make 
is he was talking about healings and how that works. And he says, it's not because you're praying for the healing. It's because of you're magnifying the Father and your love and the healings is the outflow. And I think it's the same thing when we focus on our sins and we focus on the shortcomings and all of the failures. I think failures are necessary and they're not to be discarded, but they're not to be the focus. That's not to be, it's we're trying to complete the race. We're trying, we don't do what we always want to do and we do what we don't always want to do and, and all that, like Paul said. But he also said that you have to run the race to the best of your abilities. You have to put your eyes on the crown that's going to be at the right. end. And if you look at all the potholes, well, as a runner, as someone who's run trails, if you focus only on the potholes, well, chances are you're going to hit one of them eventually. No doubt. Pilots are trained not to look at mountains, mm-hmm. but to look to fly through instruments. Because whatever you point your natural eyes to, you're going to crash into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So I guess runners have the same kind of mindset. Yeah. So, I mean, you want to be mindful of them, but you don't want to. If you're looking at the floor the whole time, well, you're going to miss something. You're going to miss one of the turns. You're going to not see the route that's two steps ahead. Or of hit you. a tree or whatever. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I th- it, it t- he makes a valid point. So imagine you imagining limbs for people, lungs mm-hmm. for people, mm-hmm. hearts for people, arteries. I've actually imagined how you c- there would be a technology where all the um, um, uh, the blockages in veins and arteries, mm-hmm. you can there's a there's an instrument that can f- begin to suck all the blockage and it comes out like a string mm-hmm. from both sides. It can liquefy it and make it solid. So you just pull it up, pull it up, pull it up until all your veins and arteries are clear. Mm-hmm. Imagine stuff like that. Imagine. Okay, that that might become old school. Imagine there's a laser that just pulverizes it on the spot, and he grunts. Imagine the energy boost to a heart that's a muscle when full blood comes into it. Yeah. So, so but so you think of healing, right? You mm-hmm. think about mental health. You think about eye health. You think about ear health, and you start seeing the ears that God can put. I mean, sometimes in the prophetic realm, I see. God giving people Yoda ears, the mm-hmm. ears that extend way beyond their head, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like a well caricature because God wants to give them ears to hear. The, yeah. It's, it's an, I think it's a very interesting point saying imagine if, because I always think the most important questions are never why, but what if. What like if? if you think about, like Albert Einstein never asked why the sun is where it is. He asked what if we were traveling as fast as light what if we were doing this what if we were doing that what if this were possible if that's possible then what about this right and he led one of the greatest if not the greatest scientific revolution that's ever existed expanding to us a whole new quantum realm that we never thought possible all because he was asking what if he was asking imagine if i was traveling like this and he also was famously he was jew and he was debated if he was a Christian or not, but he talked about, in his later years, trying to discover something that would prove the existence of God. Right. So I think he was a Christian, or at least believed in God, and that has to be some sort of creative, proper use of the imagination. No doubt. And and But imagine this. I, I, this is what it says. Mm-hmm. Permission to read a scripture Absolutely, here. yeah. Ephesians 3.20 says, To him who is able to do 
far more abundantly uh, than all that we could ask, think, in translation said, imagine, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church forever. Mm-hmm. So imagine, so everything you can ask, think, imagine, mm-hmm. he can do it far more abundantly. Yeah. So here is no limitation there. How do you function? No limits to what comes out. The except, and this is why words are important, except the limits of what you feed with. Mm-hmm. So you're limited from what you feed in the realm of your thought spectrum, yeah. but not from the realm of God. The spirit of man, says 1 Corinthians 15, sorry, uh, 1 Corinthians 2, the spirit of man knows the depths of man, but yeah. the spirit of God knows the depths of God. And mm-hmm. you are one spirit with him. Yep. Whoa. Mm-hmm. The depths of God? Well, he says infinite. I mean, mm-hmm. eternal. There's no end, no beginning, no east, no west, no limitation. Everything he wants to do, he does, right? Mm-hmm. And and then he says, and you have not received the spirit that is of the world, mm-hmm. but the spirit that is from God, mm-hmm. so that you would know the things freely given to you by God. If that doesn't ch- put a power yeah. of motivation inside your discovery channel within, mm-hmm. I don't know what will. He's basically inviting you. Oh, come on. I get joyful just thinking. Yeah. He's basically inviting you to partake of a world unseen yet seen. Mm-hmm. He's not saying you can't see it. He's saying, I want you to discover it. Is the glory of God to hide a matter and, and the, the glory, glory of a king, king to search leaders out leaders to search it out, to discover. The Eastern way of thinking is discovery. They answer questions with questions. Mm-hmm. It's not a textbook that leads you Four steps to X marks the spot. It's not predictable. It's not controllable. It's not even linear. It's mosaic in nature. It takes on the fullness of the whole thing because well, I right think here there's angels sitting with us and we don't even perceive it, mm-hmm. but I can sense eyes looking at us, Jeff, mm. looking at the Christ in you. You speaking from him, mm-hmm. and though here I we are sitting by a pool. Yep, you know what I mean. <laughs> I think it's interesting that almost every scientific revolution came by people who believe in God, and they had this genuine curiosity about yeah. the world, and they had what you called the the Eastern desire, the desire of to search things out, to discover. And I think I- in Western civilization, it comes back to the fact that we've educationalized and institutionalized so many things and they've kind of built for them a wall that they can't pass because well it has to fit in this which is if you ask me that's actually anti-science to say well it has to fit into this spectrum of evolution that is true it's extremely anti-science because science is the discovery of things it's what is observable with your eyes and it's very creative if you look at the science. I mean, we've come a long way, and we still make lots of discoveries, but they're usually by people who have these kind of radical things that, like, th- the invention of the iPhone is a great story. It's, mm. like, 
Steve Jobs thought it was a horrible idea the first time it all happened because somebody was having a problem with their hand, so they developed a, because they couldn't use a mouse properly, so they created a pad that you would put on the side of your laptop or your computer, and you would use that to interact with the screen, and that science was transferred over by somebody else to create a similar device, and then it kind of evolved into the smartphone. But when the idea was first pitched to Steve Jobs, that it was a foolish idea that nobody would ever use. And then after a while, in iterations, he realized this was a great idea. And it happened just because of the basic needs and asking, well, what if we took that idea but applied it to things that have these stepping stones to a greater idea that nobody really would have thought possible. And some of the greatest minds at the time, because they had... They weren't infinite-minded. They were thinking, well, right now the BlackBerry is what we do. BlackBerry at the time was taking off in a monumental way. The physical keypad, nobody wanted to divert away from that except for these one small group of people inside of Apple that thought, now this is going to be a great idea, and then it took off. And it forever changed the way we interact with almost everything. Like people interact with actual houses now all through a smartphone. They interact with people thousands of miles away through a smartphone. That was just this little idea that someone wasn't afraid to share their creativity. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, this is uh, some of the inventions that we en enjoy today. Microwave, uh, you know, uh, what's it called? You know, Velcro. Velcro, yeah. Yeah, all of these came from spaceships. That was just things mm -hmm. they innovated for the purpose of putting people up in, in space. And mm -hmm. yet we use it in... Every household has yeah, those microwaves things, you know? were originally designed during World War II to Imagine. to discover spy planes that were flying higher than they ever had before. The radar designed, I believe, those started off using microwaves um and then they figured out other uses for them, but So so this is a perfect point. I mean, last year, I actually talked to the Darnells about this. this is one of the first people I shared. Uh, I I felt very strongly that the Lord was releasing packages for Christmas. Mm -hmm. They were wrapped like Christmas presents, but they were didn't have to be in Christmas. And and there were all kinds of different sizes to all kinds of different leaders in all kinds of different spheres. The size had to do with the sphere and the need of the individual. Mm -hmm. And when they opened the the wrapping paper, there were invitations. Mm -hmm. And when they opened the box inside, there were microwaves. Hmm. And I heard the Lord really clear say, I am going to cook them on the inside to serve them on the outside. Hmm. I am sending waves to nuke the resistors within their hearts that hmm. disables them to be able to bring purity out of what I put inside. Hmm. So I... So these waves that are detrimental, they say it's detrimental if you're always eating that stuff. Yeah. Because it's nuclear or whatever, radiation. Mm -hmm. But it is waves. Yeah. And so here is a different kind of frequency of a wave. Invisible, mm -hmm. yet you can... So it's invisible it's to invisible the It's invisible, but it has an actual physical repercussion correct. in the world. The same thing. The spirit's invisible, but the gifts and the fruit are very vi visible. Yeah. So the um, you know um sin may be invisible, you may do it uh, in secret, but mm -hmm. it gets shouted from rooftops. Oh, that's what you just reminded me of one of the things I was going to say. Uh speaking about Timothy and the kookiness that we were talking about, 
scientists and, and people of the intellectual, academic world will say, well, nothing good can come of the conversation we're having about prophetic ideas, about the spiritual. But he brought, when he Tim came to camp, he brought two people with him who he interacted with and, and saved and and they told their stories, and there is not a snowball's chance in hell that you could convince anybody that they did not have a positive outcome based on the dialogues and the realization that Jesus Christ is real and Jesus Christ died on a cross. People often make the claim that, oh, well, religion never brings anything good because they just bring religious wars. Right. <laughs> but that's the foolish thing because if you don't believe in religion, you have nothing to fight for. Firstly, you believe that you evolved from a speck of garbage 10 billion years ago, and that's not really very motivating. You're not going to motivate anybody to any kind of cause with that. But regardless, religious wars take place even by relig- non-religious people. You can't tell me that all of these academics, they, don't, they are also religious. They're just religious about different things. So religion, I think, is a horrible word for Christians because it's... Being a, a real Christian is very anti-religious because yeah. religion is anything that you put definitions and restraints upon to achieve a very particular goal. Yeah, and it, and the v- scripture is clear: pure and undefiled religion. Yeah, is the taking care of widows and orphans mm-hmm. and poor and t- abstaining uh, mm-hmm. from the evil things. You know. Yeah, so it's pure and undefiled. But who defines what's evil? But yeah, who defines what's pure you know, and undefiled? So who defines what's pure? So, you, there are wars among you because you want and you cannot have. That's what James, the Lord's brother, writes. Mm-hmm. And because you cannot have, you go to war. Yeah, you know. So, yeah, but you cannot say that the effect of Christ on the earth, two thousand plus years ago, has not had a positive effect on humankind. Mm-hmm. There's not one social economic factor. I can't, I can't think of one. The articles I read, the information I've read, I haven't found one that is not positive and in growth mode in innovation. Right now, as we speak, there's less wars, there's less poverty, there's less that we live longer, there's better nutrition, there's, there's less, uh, uh, you know, less um, starvation, starvation, less everything. The, the the Judeo-Christian culture has has created the best times, the best civilizations that have ever existed, have all come after Jesus. No doubt. And and so... And specifically, like, wherever Jesus has been taught, better civilizations have come forward. I mean, for sure. And, and of course, you know, Jesus has the purity because... People make a case. Well, people love Jesus. They just hate the church. And part of yeah. it is because the way that we have organized and institutionalized a relationship with the divine mm-hmm. and the love factor for him and for one another and even for themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, I think um, they're also, we talked about focusing on the right or wrong things when they talk about the holy wars. I think it's also focusing, particularly focusing on the negatives, on they're focusing on the defects, not the actual effects of Christianity. They're focusing on, they're judging the whole based on a, a small, minute portion of the history where you can argue that they were unjustified wars, but some people will say they're not because 
well, the Muslims were extremely antagonistic towards any kind of Christian belief throughout history. It wasn't so the Christians that were expanding. It was the Muslim. It was the mu- yes. Eating into lands and yes. by force taking over yes. Europe. Yeah. So, so if you read history, revisionist history, you can make a case that, you know, how bad the Crusades were mm-hmm. and how brutal Christian. But if you read actual cr- history and what was actually taking place, you realize that some of the Crusades, not all of them now, because some of them were some greed, of them were very motivated, no doubt. But some of them were a defense towards the early and advancing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, hey, you that's good for you that you've understood that because that, that um, and again, you know, history is written by the victors. Yep. So you got to take that into consideration. And I look, I'm from l- South America. Mm-hmm. So I understand that history from the vantage point of First Nations there mm-hmm. versus the colonizers, like, it's two different stories. Yeah. So I tell my African-American brothers, listen, let's not compare notes. We lost a whole continent. It was just taken away from one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we can really, there are some horrible stories either way. Yeah. And yet here you are in Christ. Here we are in Christ. So in Christ, all those things mm-hmm. have passed away. Where mm-hmm. We become new creations. Not to say that it wasn't horrible or that slavery wasn't uh, a horrible thing. But um, but b- when the Mesopotamian civilizations ruled the earth, they were predominantly uh, black, mm-hmm. or you know that you couldn't even call them African American. Mm-hmm. You can call them; they were not Caucasian, and they had slavery. Yeah, slavery and has the same thing in a Semitic. Yep. When the Semitic, you know, a couple of thousand yep. years of that, they had slavery. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like the white people had slaves only. It was, you know, it's a very touchy subject. I understand. It's a very touchy subject. But but I mean, it's not like it's been foreign in all the history of mankind. And know. it's, yeah, it's even going on right now. It's still there's. I've heard. I don't know if is necessarily true, and you could adjust for the population of the earth. But I've heard that there's more slaves now than there was. 200 years ago uh i'm not sure i haven't i haven't heard uh but i know um you know there's no doubt that that has been an ongoing thing throughout no matter what people group governed at the time or what what pigmentation of skin was was you know in charge at the moment Mm -hmm. um no i mean it's it's uh, so again how far back do you want to go, or do you want to deal with now? Okay, so now uh, we want to be able to present all my incomplete in Christ. So what is my vision for the disenfranchised? Mm-hmm. That is God dream for them, not my God dream for them. Because, C- for example, in, in the, um, um, I don't know how long we're going to go, but just to say that in, in the, um, they made the war college in Carlisle, for example. Mm-hmm. The original vision of that were schools to educate, to kill the Indian and educate the man. Mm-hmm. So it, there were awful camps where they would take away the culture, the language yeah. of First Nations people and dress them up. I mean, 
I just read an article that they restored the medals to Jim Thorpe. He was probably one of the top athletes of his time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they, they would make so much fun of him. He actually won gold medals when they stole his cleats. He ran races, broke records with two different shoes and wow. different socks. So fat, so athletic was that man. Mm-hmm. So here, he was a uh, the poster child of that college. Yet he never lost his his First Nation identity. You know, so so these were the camps that were replicated in in uh, Nazi Germany. Yeah, they they visited. This this war college, which by the way, some of these war colleges educated generals that became tyrants in their nations. So it hasn't been necessarily uh, the most, you know, um, the most. <laughs> it's a kind way to say it, the, the 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 most saintly reason why to have this kind of thing. But all of that to say is that man left by himself is very cruel. Yeah. It's only by the spirit of love. See, this is what it all translates. The invisible world, what it should impart in its manifestation on the outward is the loving kindness of God in full-out innovation. Mm -hmm. So you are living from another world, Jay. Mm -hmm. You are motivated from another world. You're drawing your source, your energy, your fuel from another world. You're, you're touching places. God's allowing you to see things, and he wants you to extract that precious reality and bring it through, through the vileness of sometimes the contamination we get from all the other sources mm-hmm. that have tried to pollute the waters and manifest the goodness and beauty and power of love from God in our relationships in our, and in our overall created order. Imagine a world, bro. Mm -hmm. Everything recyclable, everything renewable, everything, and not control, but everything motivated by by the care we have for one another. Imagine a world that God imagined when he created that garden in Eden. Imagine that that's the direction we're going. Yep. So it's we're not going backwards, bro. We're mm-hmm. going forward into this world. It doesn't matter what little tiny man does. It doesn't matter how many conspiracy theories people have. The greatness of this loving God. God made a choice to say no to the mistake that Adam made. And since then, he's been just rethreading everything t- for the perfect outcome to come. Yep. But 6,000, 7,000, 10,000, 20,000 years, I don't know when he's coming back. Bro. My hundred, some people 50 years out, I don't know when he's coming back. But what I do know is what God had intended from the beginning is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And what an amazing hope-filled reality that is for, for the joy set before Jesus. Mm-hmm. He endured what he did, little momentary light affliction in order to... Perfect. Mm-hmm. Open up a whole new realm for you and I to discover. Yep. Wow, right? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm excited in what you know. I am too. It's and to speak of wow, we just lost about ninety minutes. So we've gone for about that long. And I was a bunch of other questions that I was gonna talk to you about, a bunch of other questions that I had to ask. 
but I felt like that was a great place to stop. Awesome. Very positive note about the love that God has for us and the overcoming the overcoming of the negatives of life through the innovation, as you called it, that comes from the joy of Christ. And so I think that's a good place to stop. We Thanks. talked about it's a little bit. It's been bit. so much fun to talk. It's been very fun. It's been a very good time. So, all right. Thank you very much for coming on, Jason. Thank you, Jay. Bye-bye. Bye. So this, though.